Welcome to Living Water Radio. Today is Easter Monday. It's kind of a letdown, the aftermath of a great celebration. On the other hand, it's a day to reflect on the meaning of Easter without all the expectations. That's what we're going to do. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Today is a day of great relief. Yes, it's the day taxes are due, and if yours aren't in yet, you have your work cut out for you. But for most people, a sigh of relief has been breathed. It's also the day after Easter Sunday, the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. What does that mean? Jesus rose from the dead. That's nice for him. Everybody loves a happy ending, but what does that mean for us? It's a big deal because we died in Christ in our baptism. Death is a past tense experience for us. We are born again. We are a new creation. Our lives are hidden in Christ, and because he lives, we shall live also. It's one of the few things we can know are good for us in life. I heard a story once about a Chinese rancher who was visited by his neighbor who hadn't been by for a while. How are things going, the neighbor said. I don't know, replied the rancher. What do you mean you don't know? Well, he said, do you remember that big storm we had a couple of months ago? Yes. All my horses got spooked and smashed out of the corral. That's bad, right, said the neighbor. I don't know, replied the rancher. What do you mean you don't know? My men went out to get them, and they found my horses and five Mustangs. That's good, right? I don't know, replied the rancher. What do you mean you don't know? My son tried to break one of them and got thrown and broke his arm. That's bad, right, said the neighbor. I don't know, replied the rancher. What do you mean you don't know? A warlord came by the next day and conscripted all my men, but he didn't take my son because he had a broken arm. That's good, right, said the neighbor. I don't know, replied the rancher. What do you mean by that? And the story keeps going on and on like that. We may not know whether what happens to us is really good or bad in life, but we can know the power of the resurrection because it comes as something from outside ourselves. Resurrection comes as a gift from God. Look at where things are in the pandemic. You think you know what's going on, but then things change. In L.A. County, you now don't have to self-isolate after coming into contact with someone who has tested positive if you don't have any symptoms. Cases are starting to rise again, but resulting in fewer hospitalizations and deaths because of the number of people who are vaccinated and the antibodies in those who have survived the virus. Cities, starting with Philadelphia, are reinstating indoor mask mandates because of rising infections, and cases are skyrocketing in England and China. What's going on? It's confusing. I read a short article the other day called something like, What People in the Pandemic Can Learn from Skydivers. It was an interview with a man who had taught skydiving for decades. 
He said that he had noticed that while skydiving equipment had become safer and safer in recent years, injuries and deaths from skydiving accidents had stayed almost the same. He puzzled over that for a long time until he realized that as people felt safer because of their equipment, they were willing to engage in more dangerous behavior. They felt safer, so they would try to glide through a narrow canyon, for example, and would be injured or killed. The same is happening with the pandemic. Circumstances change, but people don't necessarily change their behavior in a way that the circumstances warrant. For example, when Jesus was confronted with the death of his friend Lazarus and made the statement that he would rise again before he raised him, this exchange took place in John 11:23 through 26. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Do you believe that the key to life and death is in Jesus Christ, that it is not something we achieve, but something that is received as the gift of God in Jesus Christ? Did he give his life and then take it back again? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Here are 12 things that give us evidence for the resurrection. One, evidence of death. The Bible says that when the soldier pierced Jesus' side with his spear, blood and water poured out. This indicates that Jesus had been dead long enough for the solid and liquid parts of his blood to separate. 2. 16 Roman guards and the stone seal. 16 Roman soldiers was a pretty good defense. If the seal on the stone over the tomb had been broken, if they had slept on guard duty, they would have been executed immediately. 3. The disciples in shock. The disciples didn't understand what was going on. Some of them returned to work as fishermen. They thought that the story was over, and they didn't know what to do. 4. No body and no benefit to steal the body. They had all abandoned Jesus. They had no expectations for the future. 5. The witness of women. Women were not considered reliable witnesses. Their testimony was not acceptable in courts of law. This was patriarchy, yet women were the first witnesses and the first evangelists. If you were making up this story, the last people you would put at its center were women. 6. Martyrdom of Witnesses All the eleven remaining disciples but one were killed for their faith. If you were making up a story, it seems unlikely that you or anyone would die for it. 7. Martyrdom of early Christians. People who were not among the inner twelve also died for their faith. They had even less to gain. 8. Eyewitness testimony. Hundreds of people saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. 9. Experience of Christians. People who never saw Jesus in his post-resurrection body have experienced his living presence for almost 2,000 years and continue to die rather than deny this reality. 10. Day of Worship for the Church Now Begun The resurrection of Jesus was so profoundly shattering that people began worshiping on the day of Jesus' resurrection, the first day of the week, what we call Sunday, rather than on the seventh. 11. Lack of Details 
None of the four Gospels have the kind of details one would expect if the story was made up. There are few specifics, little backstory, and very little context provided. 11. Hostile witnesses turn Christian. Even indifferent witnesses turn Christian. Doubting Thomas believes when he sees the risen Christ. People throughout history who have been skeptical have come to believe and to receive a living relationship with the risen Christ. Is that enough? No, because if someone can talk you into being a Christian, someone else can talk you out of it. What's the key to understanding the resurrection? Before pop-tops, beer and soda cans, which were rimmed on both ends at that time, had to be opened with a special pry tool that made a triangular hole on one side of the can to drink from and another hole on the other side to allow air to flow in in order to let a person drink from the other. When pop-tops made their appearance, my grandfather on my father's side didn't like them. He said that they made the beer taste funny. So he would drive all over town looking for places that still sold beer in the plain cans. One day, my dad said to his dad, why don't you just turn the can upside down? Do you remember or know what people called the tool used to open soda and beer cans before pop tops? A church key. What's the key to understanding the resurrection? Turn it upside down. It's the cross. Without the meaning of the cross, it's just a happy ending. But the cross means so much more for us. We have been redeemed. We were reconciled to God, that all who believe and are baptized shall be saved. That sacrifice has made of us a new creation. We who are in Christ have been born again by the work of Jesus, the love of God made visible on the cross. Our transformed lives are lived in response to that sacrifice. How do we proclaim the resurrection in our nearly post-pandemic world? Maskers and non-maskers, vaxxers and non-vaxxers, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals. It's popular to say that we are polarized, that social media has given everyone a tribe and that our tribes are getting smaller and smaller. I'd say that we are not polarized. We are fractured. How will we get past that? I think that Christians have an answer, and it's found in the resurrection. The key is demonstrating that Christ is risen in us, in being known for loving one another and living in harmony with one another. And I will be the first to say that something like that doesn't just happen. It takes work, and it takes sacrifice. It took the cross to reconcile us to God. We are given there the model of what reconciliation means. If you want to follow Jesus, you must take up your cross and follow him. The challenge is that we are often fine with this, as long as the sacrifice is made by someone else. Two little boys were eating the pancakes their mother had made for breakfast one day. When the mother stepped out for a few minutes and came back, she found them fighting over the last pancake. Boys, boys, she said, what would Jesus do? The older brother said, She's right, Billy. You be Jesus. Nowhere is this seen more clearly today than in the war in Ukraine. The dominant religious group in Ukraine has been the Russian Orthodox Church. When the war started, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church declared it a holy war. The Russian Orthodox in Ukraine said, Wait a minute, we're the innocent victims here. 
Church members in both Russia and Ukraine are upset about this declaration. The depth of the evil people can inflict on each other is on full display. Christians are killing Christians, and over what? What witness can we give to the world when we as a people are to be known for our love for one another, but instead are killing one another? The plain fact is that human beings are a mess. We have always been a mess. We sin. We separate ourselves from God. We can make no claim for righteousness of our own. Our only witness to the world is the cross, that Jesus gave his life for we sinners and then took it back again in the resurrection to validate the power of the cross. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. That's not the mystery of our faith in the sense that it's a problem to be solved, but in the sense that it's beyond our understanding. It's a gift from God that comes and can only come from God. I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, Normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. Nothing and no one will be perfect until then, only saved for eternity. Meanwhile, we are called to live in response to the love of God by exhibiting that love naturally and sacrificially as the new creation God has made us to be, living lives of repentance and resolve to be who we have been redeemed to be. Let that be our proclamation, our message of hope, and let us live that message of God's redeemed each day as the people of Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. 
Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.